uh, I've been in this series called uh, A King, A Priest, and A Kingdom. Now, the king we settled last week is the Lord Jesus, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, right? And then the priest part is our job. I spent the first two weeks talking about a priest and what were our priestly roles as we serve the king. And honestly, the, the priestly role is that we prepare the church for people to have an experience and an encounter with the divine. And then we carry the presence of the divine in our heart outside the church so that we might have divine intersections with people who need to meet with the Lord as well. So if you say, well, Chuck, I am a born again believer. If I ask Jesus to come into my heart, I know I'm a Christian, then watch this. Your job is that you're a priest. You're to do the priestly work of helping prepare the church, just like the Smiths talked about, and you're to take the presence outside, just like they talked about. And then what we're about then is priestly duty, but we work for the king. Today, I want us to talk about what kingdom we work in so that we can understand that there are a lot of things competing for our attention in the kingdom of God. If somebody said to you, what is the kingdom of God? How would you respond? Now that's a good question, right? Because when you start thinking about the kingdom of God, we all have to stop and ask ourselves, wait a minute, what does the kingdom look like? How do I know it when I'm there? Like when I, when I drive south to Florida, I see a sign, welcome to the sunshine state. I know I'm in Florida. How do I know that I'm in or walking in or living in? How do I know I'm inside the kingdom of God? Well, since we understand that God is the creator and sustainer of all things, I believe with all my heart, God created the heavens and the earth. Now we can argue about how he did it. I don't really care about that. I, I, I like to look at scripture and major on the major. And the major in the story of creation is that God created the heavens and the earth. So if the creator and the sustainer of all life, then we've got to recognize, wait a minute, he's in charge. So wherever he is at, that's where the kingdom is. Okay, now, now watch this. But I've been watching way too much of the man in the high castle that would make you believe that are there, are there two realms here? I mean, I'm not trying to go all Gandalf on you here, but I'm just trying to say, are there two realms when it comes to the kingdom of God? Now watch this, and the answer is yes, all right? Because we are good about saying things like, we wanna make sure that Jesus sits on the throne of your heart, all right? Then you say, well, does that mean that the kingdom of God is in me, about me, around me, because I've asked Christ to come into my life? And the answer is, well, yeah. But now, Chuck, but what about, what about today? I mean, what does that mean? Well, when John the Baptist showed up on the scene, he, he came to announce to the world that Jesus the Messiah was arriving soon. He said things like this, repent for the kingdom of God is near. All right, now you say, well, how does that affect me if John the Baptist was saying that just before Jesus showed up on the scene? Well, it has everything to do with this. Keep, stick with me here. John is speaking about a kingdom that will be ruled by God's appointed Messiah, Jesus Messiah, the chosen one that will come to redeem his people. You see, if you see, stand up and show everybody your hashtag redeem shirt. Go ahead. All right, turn around, let everybody see it. All right, so when you get baptized here, you get a hashtag redeem shirt. You know why? Because we believe that when Jesus takes over, 
We enter into, when Jesus takes over our life, we enter into the kingdom of God. How? We enter into that kingdom as joint heirs. We, we literally step into it. 930, a little boy that got baptized on his video, he said, you know what I know? I know this, that I'm now a son of God. And this is a 10-year-old boy. And I thought to myself, his theology is right on point. He's a child of God. How does he know that? He asked Christ to come into his life. John the Baptist said, the kingdom of God is at hand. If you're a born again believer, you're in that kingdom. You say, but Chuck, I, I, I don't understand the boundaries. I don't understand, I, am, I, am I an alien in this kingdom? Am I waiting for another kingdom? I mean, how does this work? Well, I believe with all my heart, when John speaks of the nearness of this massive breakthrough, the intrusion of the kingdom of God, he's speaking of the kingdom of the Messiah, none other than Jesus, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. In Matthew chapter four, the Bible says that Jesus began to preach, repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God are the same thing. All right, so you may hear those two verbs, but we're talking about the same thing. In Matthew chapter five, in the Beatitudes, which are literally how we're to be with our attitude, they begin with a promise about inheriting the kingdom of God. And they draw to a close with the assurance that not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. So here's a warning for us about the kingdom that you may assume that you, uh, you made a decision somewhere along the way, but you, you haven't been living like you're in the kingdom of heaven. You haven't been living in such a way that it looks like Jesus is on the throne of your heart. And it's possible, the scripture says, that you have gone to church your entire life, but you're not living in the kingdom of God and Jesus isn't your savior at all. You've just been showing up and doing good stuff. You say, but Chuck, that sounds horrible, but it's truthful. I mean, oftentimes in the kingdom, we have this great rub where truth can absolutely create sparks as it rubs up against our life. And what I see here is that when the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, what is it talking about? And the impact, what does it have on my life as I seek to live for Jesus in a day and age when it appears that anybody but Jesus is in charge? Well, as you consider the kingdom of God this morning, I want us to focus on three little areas. And the first one is the theological understanding of the kingdom of God. I believe the theological understanding of the kingdom of God is not nearly as complicated as we make it. When the Bible talks about the kingdom of God, it speaks in the context of the sovereignty that God has over the entire universe. Who created it, who sustains it, the king of kings, the Lord of lords. God reigns over the entire universe. And you can say, well, Chuck, I'm not sure if I believe in God. Well, it, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to walk out and realize somebody's controlling this. And if you've got a better alternative, man, that's awesome. But could I just give you this one thought that if God is indeed creator, then he created you. And I don't want to make a mistake of being in somebody else's kingdom simply out of my pride. You see, this means that God is the absolute ruler of all that is. Throughout the scriptures, God is a reigning monarch. As the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, the book of Exodus chapter 15 says, the Lord will reign forever and ever. Psalm 24, 10 says he is the King of glory. When the prophet Isaiah saw the Lord in Isaiah chapter six, he saw him sitting on a throne high and exalted. First Timothy 1, 17 says, now unto the King eternal, immortal, invisible, the only God be honor and glory forever and ever, amen. The second way in which the phrase the kingdom of God is used though, 
is to describe the rule and the reign that Jesus has on the hearts and lives of those who have come to know him as Lord. Another word for king and savior. Lord, king, savior. I decided to choose Jesus. I chose to give my life to Christ. I chose to let him be Lord, king, and savior of my life. You say, well, Chuck, how do you do that? Well, the Bible says you just call on the name of the Lord. You don't walk an aisle. You don't don't pledge something. You don't go to a class. You don't sign a commitment card. You simply call on the name of the Lord. You say, well, how do I call on the name of the Lord? It's this simple. Jesus, I need you. I need your forgiveness. I'm glad you died for me. Thank you. I'm glad you rose from the dead for me. Thank you. I want to turn my life around. I want to live for you. And you say, but wait a minute, Chuck. There's got to be something more to it. No, there's really not. Has it ever occurred to you that the worst terrorist on the planet is one prayer away from being your eternal neighbor? You see, the kingdom looks at this and sees a far bigger picture than we do. The kingdom looks at this and the Bible presents the kingdom of God both as a present reality and something which will come to fruition at an appointed time in the future. Today, Jesus reigns and rules in the hearts of those who love him. And someday, all people everywhere will acknowledge him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords because he has authority over all things and all things have not yet submitted willingly or unwillingly to his rule. You see, right now, we're still living in the age in which Jesus has given us a free will. And he says to us, I want you to willingly choose me. I want you to willingly love me. I want you to willingly come to me and ask for forgiveness. I want you to love me. And out of that love, I want to enter you into the kingdom of God because it's inside that kingdom that you receive the provision, you receive the protection, and you get to receive the power that comes by being a child of the living God. And so Jesus says, I want you to know this. And I want you to know how easy it is to do this because he's done all the heavy lifting. But you see, in his sovereignty and in his grace, he has allowed others temporary rule over certain areas. This is why bad things can happen to good people and good things can happen to bad people because we live in a sin-filled fallen world. You know how I know that? Because on the way to church this morning, if what you think about drivers is equal to murder, I killed 17 people on the way to church. And some of y'all did far worse. I saw you talking to your kids on the way in. Shut up. We're going to have a good time and you're going to like it. Okay. Bless the Lord. Listen to me, friend. Someday the clouds are going to roll back with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God and Jesus is going to appear. And like it or not, every defiant knee is going to bow and every, re- every rebellious tongue is going to confess what we already know to be true. We know that's coming. Listen, and if we know that's coming, Jesus is coming back. Only this time, things are going to be radically different. The first time he came as a baby in Bethlehem's manger, but the next time he's coming as heaven's eternal king. The first time he came, he was attended by barnyard animals. The next time he comes, all of heaven will accompany their king, shouting with deafening voices that the king of all creation has indeed returned. The kingdom is near. Listen to me. The first time he came, he was subject to the will of evil men. The next time he comes, evil men are going to be subject to him. The first time his coming was only known by a few wise men that sought out to worship him. The next time he comes, everyone, including those who sought him and those who rejected him, will all bow before him and worship at his feet. There is coming a day when the kingdom of God will come to fruition. Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 20, tells us that all creation waits for that day 
when we'll be freed from the physical curse of sin. And as for me, come Lord Jesus, let's go. All I have to do is flip on the news for five minutes and say, Jesus, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's go. But that would lead me to the applicable understanding of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God in its present application speaks to Jesus being the absolute Lord over our life. And you say, well, but is Jesus the Lord over, over Sugar Hill Church? That's not the question. Because if you're here today, if you're watching online right now, the question isn't about Sugar Hill Church. The question is about you. You see, Jesus wants you in the kingdom. Jesus wants you to be in love with him. Jesus wants you, the individual, to say, wait a minute, you died for me individually? Yes. And he did so willingly and wants you to willingly come to him. Take a look at Matthew chapter 20 and in, in, in starting in verse 20, we can see the applicable principles of God's present kingdom. Look at Matthew chapter 20 on the screens. Then the mother of James and John the sons of Zebedee came to Jesus with her son. She knelt respectfully to ask a favor. Now, before I start reading verse 21, right before this, Jesus has told his disciples that he's going to be betrayed, beaten, scourged, hung on an old wooden cross, and crucified. All right, right, right ahead of this, Jesus has settled that with the disciples. And here's the mother of James and John, and she's brought her little boys in tow, all right? And verse 21, Jesus says, what is your request, he asked. She replied, in your kingdom, please let my two sons sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right and the other on your left. But Jesus answered by saying to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Oh, yes, they replied, we are able and Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup, but I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. My father has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. And when the 10 other disciples heard what James and John had asked, they were indignant. Well, wouldn't you be? I mean, they snuck around to get a better seat at the house. They, one of them wanted to be vice president. One of them wanted to be attorney general. All the rest of them were going to be like agricultural secretary. It's like, I, we're, we're jockeying for position here. But listen to what Jesus said, but Jesus called them together. I love this about Jesus. You know, he didn't just talk to one at a day. He says, let's put them, let's get everybody in the room and settle this. Which by the way, isn't that a beautiful thing when somebody can just, let's get everybody in the room and settle this. Amen. And so Jesus says, let's, let's, let's get together and settle this. And he says in verse 26, among you, it's going to be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be a servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. To put this into context, we got to remember what Jesus had told them before. That wasn't enough that he'd already told them you're going to be in charge. They wanted more. What did they want more of? They wanted their own recognition. They wanted their own ego. They wanted their own logo. What do you learn from this passage of scripture? Are you ready? This is tweetable. God's kingdom is about glorifying God, not about advancing our ambition. God's kingdom is about glorifying him. The kingdom is not about glorifying us. It's not about pushing our agenda. It's not about us selling more books, being on more television stations, or having a bigger church. It's about him. When we do anything less than him, we miss the mark. If we do anything more than him, we miss the mark. Everything we do is about him. Listen to what Jesus said in verse 22 again. You don't know what you're asking. In other words, the kingdom of God is not what you think it is. 
Jesus would make it clear that his kingdom was not like our human understanding. The disciples were looking at the kingdom of God just like they looked at the kingdoms of men. They were ambitious and their ambition showed in their request. And honestly, it's not that much different today, is it? We want bigger, we want better, we want more, we want recognition. It's nobody called me, nobody recognized me, nobody served me. Let me ask you a question. If you're a born again, redeemed follower of Jesus, are you okay if you never get another ounce of recognition except a pat on the back from the spirit of God? And if you are, you're probably living in the kingdom. Amen. And you say, well, Chuck, bro, that's easy for you to say, you're up front. And I got my ego and I got my logo that I got to deal with too. And can I tell you something? God is not limited by them, but he's never proud of them. You say, well, Chuck, do you, do you have to get that fixed in your life? You doggone right I do. Just like you. Jesus didn't come to say that his kingdom was going to be about our ambition. It was going to be about service. God's kingdom is about glorifying God, not advancing our ambitions. Life in God's kingdom is to be lived under God's authority. Jesus didn't just say no, he helped them understand why. He didn't just come and say no, he said, wait a minute, uh, the Father is gonna determine this. In John six, Jesus tells us that he didn't come to do his own will, but the will of the Father that sent him. I, I know that often I, I want to accomplish my own agenda rather than truly being open to the leadership and influence of God's direction in my life. And if you'll agree that that happens to you too, just let me raise your hand. Does that happen to you too? Yeah. I mean, it's just like, wait a minute, for those of you that had checked out and you have no idea why people were raising their hand, just go ahead and raise yours now. We agree. All right. Living under authority means the choices in our lives are all laid at the feet of Jesus left to his discretion, including when you finish a prayer and say, in Jesus' name, amen, what you have just said is, Jesus, I'm leaving it with you and I'm gonna trust what you do with it. God's kingdom is not, it, it, God's kingdom is about glorifying God, not advancing our ambitions. Life in God's kingdom is to be lived under God's authority and life in God's kingdom is 180 degrees away from our way of living. If you say, well, Chuck, I want to walk for God, then go counterculture to our culture. Well, I want to live for God, then go the opposite way of whatever that movie told you you had to be. But Chuck, I, I, what do I do? Whatever the world says, this is the way, go the other way. The most counterintuitive thing we can do is walk with Jesus. Our problem is that we want to inherit the kingdom of God. We just don't want to have to suffer in order to have it. We want everything that comes with God, but we don't want somebody to point us out and say, well, there's a weirdo. But did you know you can love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you don't have to be a nut job? You can love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and you can be a regular person. You, you can absolutely be a regular person. God's kingdom is about glorifying God, not advancing our ambitions. Life in God's kingdom is to be lived under God's authority. Life in the kingdom of God is 180 degrees away from our, our living. And greatness in God's kingdom belongs to servants, not to those who want to be served. There's a theological understanding of the kingdom of God. There's an applicable understanding of the kingdom of God. But finally, the shortest piece is the personal understanding of the kingdom of God. If you're a Christian, a person who's been redeemed by the power of God and in whom the spirit of God resides, you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. 
All that Jesus has to say about the kingdom applies to you, whether you realize it or not. As a citizen of God's kingdom, you desire to be holy. You say, well, Chuck, how am I going to know if I'm living in the spirit of God? Are you ready for this one? Does your heart, does your soul, and does your mind all line up to say, I want to live a life of holiness? Okay, now I'm going to give you just a minute on this one, all right? So here's what I want you to do. Put your hands in your lap. Go ahead and bow your head. Go ahead and close your eyes. And I want you to be willing to ask the Lord this one question. Lord, would you reveal to me right now, does my heart, mind, and soul long to live in holiness? Now let the Lord answer. Give him a minute. Stay in that posture because I want to give you another question. Ask the Lord, Lord, would you search my heart and would you let me know, am I willing to carry my cross daily? Not forced on it, not a burden, but something I pick up and call it carrying a, a daily cross, folks, is is recognizing that I want to pick up the challenge of identifying with Christ in his death, his burial, and his resurrection, and his redemption work. It's like grabbing a lunch pail and say, I'm going to walk with Christ today. So let me ask you what heads bowed and eyes closed, friend. Is today the day that you could sing, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, and know that I want a heart that is built on holiness? And am I willing to grab my lunchbox and carry my cross every day because I want to identify with Jesus and I want to identify as a citizen of his kingdom? And if not, it's so simple. Maybe you've been going to church for 50 years. Maybe this, you've been here for, for just 50 minutes. But whatever that is, I want to be in that kingdom, Chuck. Then it's this simple. I want to call on the name of the Lord. And how do I do that? Jesus, would you forgive me? Would you come live in my life? Clean me up, make me new. Jesus, thank you for dying for me and raising from the dead for me. Thanks for making a home in heaven for me. I wanna live my life for you inside your kingdom. And friend, if that's the desire of your life right now, whether you thought you were a Christian or you got baptized 40 years ago, but you're just going through the motions or this is the first time you've decided to settle it. If you know you need to walk into the kingdom of God and you know that the doors are wide open, all you've got to do is say, Jesus, I'm calling on your name right now. Whatever Chuck said, that's, that's what I need. That's what I want. Then I'm going to ask you just right where you're seated, just slip your hand up so I can see who you are count me in brother Chuck pastor Chuck whatever you want to call me that's what I want Lord count me in just raise your hand amen 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 keep them up keep them up amen 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 wow amen yeah father in the name of Jesus I'm so grateful to see nine or ten hands that said count me in God would you overwhelm those folks with your grace your mercy would you overwhelm them with your goodness and your love give them the ability to walk in freedom and walk in obedience in your kingdom 
as they walk out of this room today. For Lord, there is only one way that my sin is washed away and that's through the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, my King, my Savior, my Lord. So Lord, we trust you and praise you in Jesus' name. Would you stand for just a minute? I don't know of any song on the planet that would describe what it's like to celebrate in the kingdom of God than this song. Join us, will you? Church, don't play around. Sing it. and his rule man you you get all of the king when you step in the kingdom so today let the king move go before you and make a way and make your crooked path straight man that's what he does when you leave here today let the king go within you and bring you peace and joy fulfillment and contentment because listen to me friend he is always good and you are always loved Zach, when I think it just wrecks me. Man, when this world is just beating a crud out of you. Man, let that same king bend over so you can hop on his back and wrap your arms around those strong shoulders. Not so he can walk you around the junk, but walk you through the middle of it. Only to set you down victoriously on your two feet and wipe away your tears kiss you on the forehead wrap your of your loving arms around him as he looks at you eyeball to eyeball and says my child man i love this my child say it with me i love you god bless you friend go in peace